it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to the show. We're with you until 6 o'clock tonight here on DWS with the sports writers on hand, led by their illustrious sports editor, Matt Daniels. <laughs> good Monday evening to you, Matthew. Hi, Steve. How are you? You doing good? Yeah, you're, I'm great. Okay? It felt like normal times in the last 20 minutes because Bob Osmussen was here in the office, and I also realized how little work I get done when he's in the office, so Thank it you. felt back to normal somewhat. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's why I'm staying away, so it's a trying to help you and me. Because I get way more done at home. And it's really it's really sunny in here, too, because Bob's still got his sunglasses on. So. Just in case. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. We'll talk some Illinois football. The spring game is a week from tonight at Memorial Stadium. Fans will be allowed in. Go to fightingillini.com to see if there's any complimentary tickets left. You can't just show up, at least at this point, to uh, get those tickets. We'll also talk... In today's episode of the popular soap opera, As the Transfer <laughs> Portal Turns, Scott Ritchie is with us on that. Scott, you uh, you staying up all night uh, watching that uh, portal these days? Oh, not as much. Uh, and things have slowed down a little bit just in terms of the sheer number of players in the portal. But uh, obviously moves are still being made like in every team in the country, you know, with I think it's over 1,300 players in the portal now. So that's um, I mean, that's just an awful lot of player movement. And uh, things are definitely not settled uh, for Illinois. Um, and you know, how Brad Underwood fills out the rest of his roster for you know, the 2021-22 season will probably be a mix of maybe some high school recruits still. Uh, but uh, they'll go back to the portal at least once more after uh, you know, getting one transfer already in Omar Payne. And they might go back to the Illinois roster <laughs> before they're done too. Uh, you just you never know. I I can't wait till it's like August and the roster's set. Can we like fast forward to that point? The latest uh, rumor, if you will, is Trent Frazier, and he he when he announced last Friday, he made it clear that he was hiring a an NCAA approved attorney, which would leave the door open. And apparently, his dad has had some comments to to some people about uh, him favoring a return now. Yeah, and those came awfully soon after Trent said he was going to go through the draft <laughs> process. So um, I could tell Trent just says, hey, he sends out the facts, I'm back. Uh, we'll just wait and see on that. But yeah, he did leave the door open, uh, not initially. He had to, He corrected himself uh, on you know, late, well, I, guess, I guess early Friday evening, I suppose. Um, you know, Trent came in with the the five o'clock Friday news dump that he was going <laughs> to go through the draft process, uh, but yeah, I don't. It's I, don't, I just I honestly I I Brad Underwood doesn't know what his roster is going to look like you know, for next season. So if he doesn't, then I can't feel too bad that I don't. Either. And the thing about that is, all that <laughs> is intertwined 
because if you get a guy like Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams to an extent too and uh, for a fifth year well, that affects who you might be looking at in the portal as far as guards go yeah because I mean Trent and DeMonte wouldn't count against the scholarships but they'd count against hey these two guys have played an awful lot of basketball right. and will expect to play if they come back for fifth season so if you're a guard and they're back you're like I'm not looking at Illinois anymore because my playing time just evaporated so it's uh yeah, it's a mess and then there's still I mean Kofi Coburn hasn't made right his decision yet I think he should go through the draft process certainly but uh, he has until May 30th to declare as an early entrant and then the NBA deadline to withdraw is July 19th. The NCAA's deadline is usually 10 days after the combine, which I think is set like the third week of June. So end of June, I guess, would be sort of when he would have to decide one way or the other if he decides to go into the draft. This whole thing, it's just... So don't take any vacations, Scott. <laughs> well, I am 100% leaving multiple times this summer. Okay, well, when he does that, that's when stuff will happen. Cause that's yeah, what happened last summer. Yeah. <laughs> Io DeSumo crashed the end of my vacation by yeah, announcing he was coming back, and then Kofi joined in a day later. You can't even keep track anymore of the, the number of times a player has or wants to transfer. What's the guy's name at uh, Texas Tech? It started at Georgetown. Oh, Mac McClung. Yeah, now he's, he's, he's well. Tw- he's declaring for the draft and then also entering the portal at the same time. <laughs> right, just to have a backup. But option. then, kind of you know, similar deal. A teammate, you know, Jamarius Burton started his career at Wichita State, transferred to Texas Tech last year. Then obviously Chris Beard leaves, so Jamarius Burton is now back in the portal. Well, and Jalen Coleman Lands, who played at Illinois, is going to go from his final season in college basketball to the thirty and over rec league <laughs> in his hometown. <laughs> the next year yeah uh, he's back in the portal and will it would be know, a seventh season and a fourth team right because he got uh that's considered like a good nba career yeah and i mean he played a couple seasons with tracy abrams who also had the second longest career oh, i remember when he was a, a recruit at uh indianapolis cathedral and i was getting asked about him Nine years ago the funny thing is his younger brother just wrapped up his senior season at Ball State, and he and Isaiah is two years younger than Jalen, <laughs> and Jalen's career is going to last longer than Isaiah's probably. Speaking of Tracy Abrams, I remember Paul Klee was still on the <laughs> on the beat when the, when Abrams verbaled mm-hmm. way back when. Yeah, and then two beat writers later, <laughs> I saw the end of Tracy's <laughs> Illinois career. Speaking of high school guys, that uh, and you did briefly there, Scott uh, Brandon Padowski, Padensky, Podzimski, Podzimski. Pods, I like that. He has said he's going to make his commitment. I guess he's going to sign too, maybe, huh? Um, on Wednesday. Yeah, two thirty. So get ready to refresh Twitter at that point. But plus or minus forty-seven minutes. I mean, I'm just going to hope that he's a little more timely with his decision than Jordan Goodwin was with his. You're still salty about that, aren't you? Five years later. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he announced like two hours after <laughs> he said he was going to. Like, I've got had things to do that day. Um, but uh, Brandon Podzimski, he's uh, Mr. Basketball in Wisconsin, uh, just had a sort of unbelievable senior season in terms of st- statistics he put up, averaged over 30 points a game. Uh, has a final five of Illinois, Kentucky, Miami, the Florida version, uh, Vanderbilt, and Wake Forest. So, I mean, Illinois is right there and has been right there the whole way since his recruitment really picked up steam 
uh, last fall. And the Illinois fans will have an answer one way or the other uh, on Wednesday, and it's 50-50. We are off and rolling on Monday Night Sports Talk. Feel free to join us. Basketball talk, football talk. We'll get into that as well. We're going to take our first time out right now. The phone number is 217-356-9397. If you'd like to join us here on DWS, we're back with more after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. It is 521. We're headed towards 6 o'clock, as usual, on this Monday night. Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, and yours truly, Steve Kelly, with you until that 6 o'clock hour. Let's go to the phones. Carl is with us. Hey, Carl, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I I, I had a weird thought today. Um, so, Brad, uh, Brett Bielema, it likes to deal with the alumni and stuff, but uh, then high school coaches, you have to be very careful with about how much you deal with them and their limitations. But he has two alumni who are also high school coaches in John Halasek and Kerry Davis. So do they? does he have to treat them differently than he does other alums? I don't think so. If you understand my question. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think he's, those guys are certainly friends of the program, and they are people that he can talk to and recruit their guys. Now, you can't recruit East St. Louis for the next two years, as I understand it, mm-hmm. because of Terry Hawthorne, mm-hmm. which that rule is screwy. I sort of get it. Well, I think it makes sense. It makes some that. sense, but... Uh, it makes sense because if you... They would just hire every person That's at every right. reputable high school so they could go recruit their players. Then. Right, okay, I, I get that part. fire them, or like, well, they would resign, yeah. and then you'd hire the next guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cade Cunningham's you would brother, get, you would get a, leaving Oklahoma State after bad, one year. Bad reputation for that. I, but I back to John Halasek. He certainly can be recruited. The guys at the school can be recruited. I know in the past from talking to John, he's really favored – when these guys are capable of playing in Illinois, he certainly tells them, think about it. He's got one. Is, is Josh Cruz. Josh Cruz is here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not the last one that will be here. I think Kerry Davis, same thing. He'll bring players bring players to Illinois, send players to Illinois. He, they both want the two program to be, do well. Yeah, okay. Anything else, Carl? Okay. No, that was it. Sometimes I come up with weird ones. So. Have a good night. You bet. You're welcome to call the weird ones in here anytime, Carl. We appreciate the call. 217-356-9397. The spring game, as we call it, is a week from tonight, 7 o'clock. It will be televised on BTN. And uh, fans will be allowed, Bob. We don't know exactly how many. No, I I would think a limited number, but enough that some people that are you know in town that want to go beyond the families, I assume the families will be able to go. I think that's most important. But I think the secondary thing is some of these people we know from that come to our show every week and on Mondays, the Esquire, I think they should all go if they want to go and other people. So I think it's a great idea. What about this for tomorrow? It basically said, please go if you have the chance. It's going to be a nice night. It's a, Like you said, it's a televised. So that part's good. I'm going to tape the game and watch it later. And uh, hopefully we'll get there in time. But it won't be a huge crowd, but it, it'll be fun. You won't, you won't have to fight through the crowd. You'll be okay no. getting into the stadium okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they announced it at, I think, 9 a.m. this morning that they were uh, going to allow fans at the spring game, and then about 3.30 this afternoon, they, Illinois football tweeted out, said they distributed all the tickets that they had available at the time. They were seeking to see if they could get more 
tickets right because they had to go through the approval of making sure everyone's socially distanced thing like that and they're still they're allowing more fans than what they initially indicated i'm not sure that exact number at the moment or but percentage or percentage really, yeah. of the stadium at right. all and they're selling them in pairs or, or pods of four um and it's all mobile ticketing um that way and no tailgating although right. there usually hasn't been much tailgating at spring games in the past let's just be thankful there's a spring game well the best one i remember steve you were probably there too but uh it was uh it really spends freshman year when he came early yep they had about ten thousand people there that to me was the biggest crowd i've ever seen in the spring game in all the way i know there are better ones or big ones during the mike white era i understand i would think they did some crazy things back in the day yeah but, but i don't remember many being but more than ten thousand. Ten thousand. That yeah. was that was crowd was good. He had a good, really good night. Remember, and then people were impressed by him. Thought, okay, this just started something special. It turned out to be absolutely true. But that was. So I think this is a similar feel, not so much because of one player like Ben, but I think because of one person, the coach. I think people want to see what this guy is about. Now, I would warn people: do not expect to be overly impressed by anything you see in the field. Don't expect to see a bunch of touchdowns. Don't expect to see crazy offense or defensive, you know, blitzing every down. They're going to be very vanilla. But I think they're also going to be just seeing competence would be a good sign because we haven't seen competence for a while. I'd say go back go back to Bill Kibitz one year. That was the last time you played football. It was competent. I think it might might as well just go ahead and pull a Mike White. In the spring game, and uh, although Mike White did it in the first game, right, just come out and throw an eighty-yard pass pitch. right yeah. out of and the gate because you know you're not going to see. And that. I think you, they should blitz every down. <laughs> just give give uh, give Big Ten coaches something to think about the next four and a half months but or so. The reality is that every school in the Big Ten will tape this game. Sure, they'll have a, they'll have a fi- on file. So I think Illinois' biggest concern is not showing too much, which won't be hard. Because they're going to not do anything. And they've and, got enough people out, too. Right. The personnel, exactly. So you, you know that right now we know Jay Hansen is probably not going to be there. We know uh, quarterbacks will be there. So you'll see that. But beyond that, now Nebraska, as I understand, is going to have 50,000 at their spring game. 50,000? Yep. Correct. That's correct. So they apparently don't, aren't as worried about COVID or something. I'm not sure what's going on there. But anyway, that's what they're going to do. I assume they'll have as many people in the stands at their opener as they can. I think this one is going to be different. We're not sure what's going to happen here in the fall. I think as time progresses, we'll have a better idea. I think we'll know more in June and July than we do right now. Well, one thing we know going into the spring game is that if you're interested in a ticket, you can go to com and, and just see how things are going with that, and you've got to uh, sign up for them. So if they're available, they'll tell you there, and we know that they probably have, and maybe this is a fact, I haven't looked it up, but I'd say it'd be pretty close to the most super seniors in major college football coming I back. I think it's 17 or 18 guys that have elected to stay and not go in the uh, whatever's next for them. I've heard the most in Power 5. Right. So that's that's important. Um, and a lot of those guys are pretty good players. I mean, it's not like you have a bunch of, you know, not very talented guys. These guys are talented. I think Verderian Lowe is a definitely an NL prospect down the road. I think some of these guys, I think Jake Hansen is, I think some of these guys will be have a chance to play at the next level. But they've also got some guys that are coming back to play one year. I think Tony Abbs, 
probably won't be approached prospect, but he's been a very effective guy at Illinois. We'll see what he does this year. Could it be a nice year? Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, and I think one of the the big selling points for people uh, next Monday outside of the spring game and the chance to see Brett Bielema in person is the fact that they're going to recognize the men's basketball, basketball team, team sure at halftime um with the, they're going to raise a banner i don't know how they're going to raise a banner outside or maybe just un, 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 unveil the banner, banner. okay uh, like just on the video board or like something is it gonna i don't know if it, like they'll have live feed from state farm center okay. across the street that, yeah, that that's what i would true. do because just yeah. have the kofi cobra and hold it up should <laughs> we have bring it up and throw it on, on himself and then Something. shackle him to somebody so he can't leave. <laughs> right. That's the most Six important. feet apart, obviously. I mean, think well, about that. one of his teammates. Yeah, that's uh, true. All that's the crowd right. will be yelling, please stay, please stay. It'll be like that. I'll mm-hmm. be curious what the crowd's like if if someone wants to count them before the spring game and then what the crowd is at the start of like, the third quarter at the well, spring game. again, it's the one chance, period, to see this team before August 28, 29, mm-hmm, 28th. It's one chance we won't see them. I've, I've been over there at CBIA, too, I think, for 15 minutes at a time. I have no idea what that team is doing. I literally have no idea. I don't. Th- I, maybe they don't know either, but I think they do. But they're not going to show us anything. Well, it's not an accident that you don't know what they're I doing. I understand that. <laughs> I probably wouldn't know anyway, but I, again, continue to be offended by not being able to watch. But I get it. I understand everybody's worried about and I heard – Barry Alvarez said this on Saturday to you guys. He said, why would he show anybody anything? Well, you know, I guess, uh, are we that, you know, are we, are we spies for the other teams? Well, he told you the exact moment that he decided to close right. practice. Right. Ask, ask the reporters, right? Yeah. Go ahead and repeat it, yeah. Yeah, he, he asked, him, will you report an injury if you see it? And they said yes. He said, well, practice is closed. Not a fair question. <laughs> Come on, coach. That's not fair. <laughs> of course, we, we're going to do that. But the reality of that is that we would put, we would hear, we hear things all the time. We, I, I know all the time players are hurt. I knew, I've known before this player was going to start when nobody knew that. I'll go back to Juice Williams. His first start in Illinois, I was told by very reliable sources he's going to start. I wrote a story. He's going to start. He started. So things that we happen, we know things, and it's nice to be able to see it to prove it. So anyway, that's fine. So with all that said, what will you look for next Monday night? What do you want to I, – I, it's not a fair question to ask what you want to see because no, – but what will you look for? It, a couple of things. How the quarterbacks are, and I wrote this for tomorrow, accuracy-wise. Accuracy so if Brandon Peters is – Hit the ground a lot with passes or sailing the ball over guys' heads. That's a problem. But if they're right on target, if Isaiah Williams is right on target and Matt Robinson is doing a good job getting the ball to people, that's important. That's one. And th- to me, the other thing is who's playing the receiver and what they what are they doing and how are they doing. Right. So we'll see how that works. 532 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Let's go back to the phones. And, Alan, you're on with us. Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, guys, if uh, everybody's so worried about showing what we got or anything, why are we even playing the game? I mean, what's uh, what's the real good positives out of this? They're, they're going to play to win the game. Illinois is going to win. Uh, wow, yeah. I'm, not try, I'm not trying no, to they, poke they fun at Herm sh- Edwards there. I think you want to show the fans what you have and show, again, I think competence is a important word. Show that the team knows what they're doing. They seem to be lined up correctly. They're not turning the ball over a lot. They're not 
jumped off sides, all that kind of stuff. That's critical. I think you want to just let the fans have a taste of what this thing is going to look like, even though you're not going to – you're right, Alan. You're not going to see a whole lot of what they do. But I don't really care about that. I want to see who's there. I want to see who's out there playing. Is Jake Hansen playing? Is what quarterbacks playing? What receivers playing? Or linemen are playing. That's what I want to see. So well, I think I, it, I think it's also important just for kind of the overall optics of, of yeah. the program, right. and, and you look at the other teams in the Big Ten pre-pandemic: Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State. They're drawing. I mean, at Ohio Stadium, they're drawing a hundred thousand people to a spring game. So if you're going to try to recruit the same type of athletes that are being interested in Ohio State, you have to do similar things. Right. At Illinois, and for the Lovey Smith era, the spring game was just kind of an afterthought. I know his first year here, he didn't really want to do it because he didn't say he said the depth and the numbers weren't there, and uh, it just kind of faded into the background. And you want to do what other programs you're competing with on the recruiting front, and also in the standing teaching every year, you want to keep up with the Joneses, so right. to speak. And I think too, this is a chance for the program. Again, just from an optic standpoint, to try to build back some trust and some good faith with their fans who have gone through the ringer watching Illinois football over the years. And the start of a new era with Brett Bielema, there was excitement back in December when he got hired. And I think they're trying to just keep riding that wave of momentum and positive energy all the way up to the start of the season. And with the Big Ten Network showing an interest in carrying it, anytime you can get on national... And two, in, in this weird 13 months we've lived in where recruiting's come to a standstill, I know there are reports around today that uh, the dead period, I think, is going to end June 1st or something like that. June 30th. June 30th, okay. So that's a good sign, obviously, but this is a chance for for Brett Bielema to have something to show the class of 2023, 2024, show families, parents, this is what I want to bring to Illinois and what better chance to do that. So, again – the biggest thing as a coach and as a fan, I think when you dive into a spring game is you don't want a key player to get injured. So you're going to see a lot of second string, third string guys, but that's also a chance for them to gain some confidence and to get some real live repetitions and what it's like during a regular game. What, well, then, else, well, what then else you got, Alan? You can get oh, sorry, steak dinner oh, for the more. winners and beans and weenies for the losers. Yeah, they're not doing that. Anymore. Oh, wait, that was Tim Beckman. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Alan. One more quick question. Uh, are you allowed to invite – High school coaches. Ooh, great question. I, I I would assume yes without thinking about it. Very well, say so if they can, if they could get a ticket, yeah. That's the, well, then the they'll keep some extras on hand for you know special guests. That was thing. I don't know. I know that uh, I think Joey Alcala, the the first commit in the class of twenty twenty two, offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure he tweeted earlier today that he's looking forward to being in Champaign yeah, next I Monday think for the spring game. So yeah. Can't just bar them. Okay, that's it. Okay, Alan, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 217-356-9397. Before we get all the way off of football and back to basketball, high school football, what's this going to be? Week number five yeah. of the <laughs> spring season? Kind of hard to keep track of. All five of what? Six? Well, it's really, really strange today because, as I was talking to Scott earlier, and as Scott will do later tonight in writing our high school highlights, that'll be in Tuesday's paper, Tonight, I think we have high school volleyball going on, high school boys soccer, and the start of high school baseball. And there is one well. football game tonight. There is one high school football game tonight. Champaign Central is playing Peoria Manual. <laughs> yeah. And kind of a crossover event in the Big <laughs> Ten tournament. But yeah, high school football, it's 
bizarre to think that they're still going on and, and playing, uh, especially since there's no state playoffs or any postseason ramifications with that. And the fact that the season's going to end um, in two weeks, they each get six games or however many they want to play. Now there were some schools in the area uh, like Urbana High School, for instance, didn't play at all this spring because uh, of low numbers and also because of, of COVID cases there. Um, but like Fisher and Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, Leroy, those teams in the heart of Illinois Conference, they only elected to play four games this spring. And they ended this past Friday because they didn't want to overlap with athletes that would play baseball or other sports in the spring after they missed out on it last year. So a long, or, uh, trying to make it a short answer, which has turned into a long-winded one on, on my part. But... Yeah, it's just really strange that it's it's going on and the fact that it's going to end here in a couple of weeks and then three and a half months they're going to start practices again for hopefully a normal fall football season in 2021. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Well, it doesn't feel normal, but as far as the information gathering mm-hmm. that you would normally get on a, a high school Friday night, um, is it different in the oh, spring? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely you, different. Maybe, it, maybe not everybody is is in in tune to call it in yeah you can't be everywhere with your no exactly and um you know we've got earlier deadlines on on friday night now which have been uh, a challenge we've overcome thanks to the the hard-working efforts of colin like our preps coordinator and uh yeah it's different but still this past friday night i was in here in the office frantically typing up results and uh stats that we got in right before deadline and you still kind of feel the buzz that's in the air in those moments at least that it is high school football season although it just again doesn't have that same type of feel and uh just from a big picture standpoint too it's just weird knowing that you know there's not going to be a playoff selection show and because to me that's what high school football kind of really that's when it reaches its fever pitches when teams are successful and communities get involved and crowds come out and it's kind of just a unifying force in the fall, and, and that's obviously not there the, the, the school year at all. We've got plenty more to talk about on this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk as we approach 540. We're with you until 6 o'clock. Stay with us. We're back with more after this. 542 is the time. Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to hear from you. 217-356-9397. The Masters completed on schedule and during the time that the Masters should be played in April with Hideki Matsuyama getting the win, which is huge for worldwide golf. Bob, I'm guessing uh, you watched that a little bit yesterday, didn't you? Basically all of it. So <laughs> between, I was doing some things for Matt for down the road, but between, I took some time. I taper everything, so I kind of can fast forward. You don't have to watch commercials and board stuff. But yeah, it was really impressive. And I like the Americans have played well in that tournament, but obviously, really cool for Japan to have his first major title winner. And somebody suggested, I think Nick Faldo during the, during the broadcast thought that he will be the uh, torch, torch bearer, the light of the torch at, at the Olympics. They think that makes perfect sense. Because he's such a hero now. Yep. So it's really cool. Andy North predicted that if he wins, that it was probably worth a billion dollars to him. Wow. In the long run, you know, with endorsements and everything else. But That's pretty good to And he was, he had some rough, kind of rough coming in, but it was fine. And he won. That's that's why you build a three or four star clade. So he scared me a little bit on the last hole when he had two putts to win. And he, he kind of hurried the first one. Missed it, 
had about a two and a half, three footer coming back and, and just stepped up and didn't really look at it. I'm going, man, I've seen putts like that missed before. <laughs> that'd, that'd be, uh, you wouldn't want to go out that way. But there were uh, a lot of strokes in that whole tournament that you look at in hindsight that a bunch of guys could have been in that championship position and they made one or two different shots, which uh, I guess is always the case. But here when it ended up being a stroke, pretty easy to find a place where player A, B, C could have won the thing. The Illini golf team was in action over the weekend over at West Lafayette and uh, played in the Boilermaker Invitational, and um, Illinois finished second there. Two shots back. 16-team field, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe, and uh, they had a strong – Mike Smalls program had a strong start to the season back in February, mid-March, uh, winning I think three tournaments uh, in a row there, and uh, hasn't won one since. But uh, obviously, one of the the better teams in the Big Ten, and I think one that uh, in a few months, oh, actually in about six weeks or so, is when the everyone in Champaign-Urbana becomes a big golf fan because Illinois is vying for a national title pretty much each and every spring. So it'll be good to have that back after we missed out on that last year. They'll be back in action coming up in two weeks at. Uh, the Ohio State Invitational. And the hottest team on campus is the men's tennis team yeah. right now. They've won uh, 12 straight. They're 13-1. and one. They clinched the West Division of uh, tennis competition. Yeah, which uh, wasn't even a thing until right. this school year. <laughs> but uh, Brad Dancer's program is... First t- ever West Division champs. Yeah, they did that because of, uh, obviously, the, the pandemic and uh, geography, which makes sense. Uh, they did... Uh, Big Ten tournaments coming up here, I think, at the end of April, uh, beginning of May there. And Ohio State, I think, is still the team to beat in the Big Ten. Uh, the Buckeyes did beat the Illini earlier uh, this season, but uh, ever since then they've been rolling. And he's got a veteran team, uh, Dancer does, with uh, Alex Kovacevic, uh, Zeke Clark's kind of their emotional leader, uh, fiery personality. Alex Brown's another veteran as well. They've got some other guys that have really stepped up and contributed to their success this season. So uh, a fun group to watch for sure. And last Thursday, Jim Heffernan, longtime Illinois wrestling coach, announced his retirement. We had him on the air on Saturday morning, and it uh, sounds like he's looking forward to uh, stepping back a little bit and also looking forward into to being involved with who they might hire. Yeah, and, and you would make, think it would, obviously it would make sense for him to, to be heavily involved in that. I would say almost no one in town, uh, maybe Mark Johnson, has a good idea as to what's going on uh, with the Illinois wrestling program is hefted and um good for him uh you know he, he's a guy that wrestling's a sport i think that a lot of people can agree on that it's just it's kind of a grind uh you're always having to kind of watch your weight and uh just the kind of flying under the radar with all the training that they have to do and, and he's devoted his entire life pretty much his entire adult life to the sport of wrestling and had the chance to succeed kind of a legend in his own right and mark johnson and he kept the program kind of at the same st- stable mark they had i mean in 11 of his 12 seasons illinois didn't have a a losing record in dual meets and they always seemed to have guys that were competing for national titles or in the mix for all american honors each and every year and uh good for him too and i know he's probably uncomfortable with all the limelight and attention and warm wishes sent his way because he'd probably prefer to be way out of the spotlight and not have any of it shine on him but he steadily kept illinois wrestling relevant and, and kudos to him for uh a great career here at Illinois and a well-deserved retirement. Baseball, the uh, Cardinals, Cubs, and White Sox all scheduled to play tonight. The Cardinals playing against Washington. 6.45 is the start time. St. Louis is Scott Ritchie, your team, and they are 5-4 and four on the season. Not a very impressive uh, weekend 
at Bush Stadium where they lost two out of three. Yeah, it's still early enough, and they built up enough goodwill with me by trading for Nolan Arenado that I'm not too concerned um, over the first nine games. Um, pitching's kind of been knocked around a little more than maybe anyone Yeah, the bullpen would like. is, uh, has more innings than the starters That's do. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... No, I, I was going to try and spin it, but I'm just—I don't think I can do it. It's especially not good this early in the season. Yeah, um, you, you, you put mileage on your relievers in April—that's kind of an issue. But I think when the group that the Cardinals have is sort of maybe at its peak powers, like that's a—it's a good team. So we'll just <laughs> cross your fingers, hope they get there. I'm still holding on to the Nolan Arenado two-run homer on. Uh, the home home opener. Yeah, that was good Last stuff. Thursday, that was cool. That was cool to see his passion, his intensity, his emotion that came out in, in that moment. He said it was his first ever curtain call, too. So one of hopefully many that he They had to kind of push him season. out for that. that <laughs> yeah. But they did. And they, they've had to push players out before for that tradition in St. Louis. That uh, ball game, 645 tonight, the Cardinals and the Nationals, who have a lot of guys out from COVID. Mm-hmm. Go Cards. <laughs> Cards have spoken by a Braves. The, oh, Cub, the Cubs play at Milwaukee tonight at 640. The Cubs are 4-5 and five with some similar problems. They're hitting like 167 as yeah, a team. Yeah, they're, they're hitting well below the Mendoza line as a, as a team. And um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, David Ross probably figures this managing thing is a whole heck of a lot harder <laughs> than it, it was when I was playing with the Cubs, and then they're having all this uh, – all the success, but again, though, if, if the Cubs can get their big core right with Javi Baez, Chris Bryan, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, uh, they're one of the more dangerous lineups in the National League when they can get everything going. And their their pitching was a concern all throughout the offseason, especially their starting pitching. And they've shown flashes at times, but again, again, this, again, only nine games into the season. Right. But, but still, they've got some troubling signs, I guess you could say. You just got to get through the month of April at mm-hmm. 500 yeah. or a little better. You don't want to... I think go on a run in yeah. sometime in the summer and then wait for the inevitable swoon and then rebound. Well, I'm talking about everybody in April. You can't, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't put a whole lot of emphasis on that month no. other than don't go over for April. Yes. I was freaking out at 0-4. When the Braves were 0-4, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, something's wrong here. I think I got to make some trades or do something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I calmed down after one foreigner and they lost back on the game last night. So I know nobody cares about the Braves except for me, but it's okay. White Sox are four and five on the season. They play against Cleveland tonight on the South Side. The Illinois baseball team got kind of hammered a bit over at Indiana. Got no hit, yeah. and uh, had a game yesterday postponed because of the weather. But they're due back home to play Michigan State and Purdue, two games each. And uh, Dan Hartlip's team is eight and twelve on the season. Yeah, they got some work to do, um, and they still got twenty four games, uh, twenty three games left. If the Indiana game's not made up in, in terms of the Big Ten uh, play the rest of the season, and uh, yeah, and obviously the offense struggled mightily on on Saturday against Indiana. The Hoosiers are. Uh, become one of the more consistent programs in the Big Ten and uh, they've got some winnable games though against Michigan State and Purdue teams that have kind of scuffled a little bit this season so maybe it's a, a chance for Dan Hartless team to kind of get right uh, this upcoming weekend. Let's go back to basketball talk. It was last week, Scott Ritchie, that uh, Illinois got a verbal from A.J. Store. Tell us more about him. Yeah, kind of an interesting player there because um, he 
you know, committed to Illinois, I think, you know, before his summer breakout that's going to – sort of already started happening. You know, the AU season's kind of back in swing, and he's played really well so far in the last couple of weeks. And you know, Illinois offered him back in November and kept at it, kept after him, and I think, you know, pushed for you – know, to get him as part of the 2022 class. But, you know, 6'6", six, six, Ish, we'll say I'll give him. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he's that tall, uh, two hundred and ten pounds or so. Kind of just from a frame and body standpoint, just a little bit like taller. Ravante Rice sort of built like a middle linebacker a little bit, um, which just shows that Illinois is trying to get more size on the wing. Because if you look at the last couple of seasons, they've been they have a seven footer, obviously, in Kofi Coburn, but they've been a little small. I mean. Demonte Williams at the four a lot of the times, and he's got a seven foot wingspan, but he's only six three. Uh, so this is AJ Store gives them a little more size on the wing. Uh, developed into a pretty good shooter over the last year, and pushed himself by. Well, he eventually wound up at AZ Compass Prep, uh, which the one of the top teams in the country this season. Um, had I think a dozen D one prospects on their roster. Um, is that where Ty Ty's playing? Yeah. So uh, maybe he has an in now. You know, to a, a bonus recruiter for Ty Ty Washington. But you know, he transferred initially from Kankakee to Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. It was kind of, I mean, that's kind of the high school in Nevada. His dad lived out there. And like Illinois high school basketball, there was questions if they were going to play this year. So he wanted to have a season. So he went out there. And then Nevada got in the same boat where they um, – not sure. I think they finally get their season started, but you know, he transferred to AZ Compass Prep and had a really good year there. Helped them make the Geico National semifinals. I think they finished as the number two team you know, in the country. Uh, so that's a, a good get for Illinois. And you know, he was originally in the 2021 class. He's a little young for his for his eight or for his for that class. So he. Did what like almost no one does at this point. It's reclassify backwards. Uh, most people try to you know, reclassify you know, forward a year, but so there's like a slim chance that he might wind up in Champaign next season. But um, if he doesn't, that's a good piece for them in 2022, along with Reggie Bass. So they've got a kind of a, a little bit of a foundation there for that next class. And Illini fans will remember the name Alan Griffin, who transferred from Illinois to Syracuse. He has now put his name in the NBA draft, and you told me he hired an agent, right? To I think that was with well, the intent to hire an agent, okay. at least. Uh, so doesn't he didn't have a great season, as it turned out. Uh, it didn't end particularly well. Right. Um, I think he ended up—he was like their third leading scorer behind uh, Buddy Beheim and Quincy Guerrier. Um, but he was fine for Syracuse, and now. He's not going to get drafted, but uh, how do you, I, let's how do you say really feel, Scott? I, I'll say I'll be very surprised if he does. I'll, I'll put it there because uh, maybe someone will draft him thinking he's his dad or something. But uh, so I, he'll play somewhere, get paid. I mean, he's got good length, good Th- shooter, there are worse, good offensive rebounder. There are worse ways to start your post college life than getting paid to play basketball. Yeah, I think yeah he'll get a paycheck somewhere to okay. play. So. Moving up on 5.56, a final break and some final words on Monday Night Sports Talk after this. A couple of minutes before 6 o'clock here on Monday Night Sports Talk. 
with the News Gazette sports writers. Bob, what are you working on this week? We'll do some football, some more football, and then a special section is coming down. A couple weeks, I'll hopefully get it done. You better. I will. Maybe. My money is on you getting it done because I know who's sitting across <laughs> from you. He'll be mad. He reminds me a lot of things. I won't be doing. mad, Bob. I'll just say I'll be di- I'll be disappointed. He's a taskmaster. He is. He's mean. Mr. Richie, what about you? Transfer Richie? <laughs> well, I mean, we'll have Brandon Podzimski's decision on Wednesday, so he might end up choosing Illinois, which will be work for me. And then uh, there's going to be some TBT news this week as well. Good deal. Matthew? I'm just cracking the whip. Atta boy. Yeah. What I do. Somebody's got to do that. Yeah, especially with these. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they realize it and they, they enjoy the, the whip cracking. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Steve. That's it for Monday Night Sports Talk. Appreciate you listening and taking time to uh, visit with us on WDWS in Champaign Urbana. We'll be back with you on this program a week from tonight here on DWS. For the guys, I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good night.